You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with the property management coach and industry influence of the year, Kurt Stafford and guests. Well, g'day and welcome to another episode of Influential Conversations. I'm Kirk Stafford and with me today is the amazing Kelly Seaton from the New South Wales Central Coast. Kelly's got quite a story and quite a history and uh, it's my absolute pleasure to have her on the show. Kelly, welcome. Thank you um, You're more than welcome. 25 plus years in the industry. I won't say the real number because it might age both of us. Running your own businesses now since 2019, so that's that's a 14, nearly 15-year period running both firstly Property Management HQ and now as Director and uh, Chief Executive Officer of the Leasing Network on the Central Coast. You've got, what, just a bit over 200 properties under management, two yeah, staff. Right yeah, roundabout. Yeah, good number to have. Two staff who both seem to be... Pretty good. I mean, I've, I've, I've met them both over time. Most recently, I met Aaron at, uh, at the Rise Conference. Tell us a bit more about you. How did how did you get started in this sometimes crazy but ultimately rewarding industry? I think I fell into it. So, uh, worst thing to admit. So, when I was at school a long, long time ago, um, and you know, people say, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" etc. And I was like, "I'll do anything, but I just do not want to do real estate." And um, that sounds really awful, but my friend, my mum's friend was a real estate agent and she was a real bitch and I just didn't want to be her, you know. So it sounds awful, um, but I was like anything other than that. But of course, the first job I got was in a real estate agency as a receptionist and literally, I know it's crazy, and that first job was about less than one kilometre from where I'm sitting today. Um, so I've done a bit of a circle around here and there, but at not too far from here is where I started my first gig all of those years ago. Worked my way up through property management as you do and um, kind of got sick of working for someone else and um, then decided to eventually go out on my own. So that was around 2009 and I have not looked back ever since. We did have a little break between about 2017 to 18-ish in there in between the, the two businesses, Property Management HQ, which was in Hunter Valley and also an agency in Brisbane. And then we had that break and we just now focus only on the Central Coast. So the leasing network is just exclusive property management only on residential. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's right. There's two of them. Um, Haley has been with me for nearly the whole time that um, I've had my own agencies. Um, so mm. she's pretty much furniture and knows everything back the front and manages the office when I go around the country for a couple of months in a caravan. So that's amazing. Um, and Erin is only a newbie to the industry um, this year. She has come from the hospitality industry, so full of customer service has no skills in real estate whatsoever, which is just how we like it so that we can hire based on her personality and train her exactly as we yeah. like and she's doing really well. She's been here for uh, just over six months. Oh, wow. Okay. Gee, I thought didn't think it was quite that long. But you're right when you say <clears throat> there's the, complementary skills between hospitality and, and, and property management particularly, but real estate overall, but not just hospitality, it's, it's retail as well because really when we look at it, we're, we're, we're all about customer relationships. We're all about customer service. And I keep saying to people, I mean, and I, and I use this line in some of my training, you know, we don't manage property. Property's static. It doesn't need to be managed. It's the relationships between the two clients, the landlord and the tenant, that need the management. And that's where customer service, customer experience, customer journey, whatever you want to call it, that's where those skills come in. And 
you know, when you talk particularly hospo, I mean, they, you know, they've got it all over us. I've got mates and I've, I've, I've worked with people who have been in hospitality and they're probably some of the best in their field in property management. Agree completely. She, it's about people management here, not property management. <laughs> yep. She can manage people. She can manage difficult situations um, with breeze. Like it's 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 nothing to her to be able to take a, a call or you know talk to a client uh, because she just has done that day in day out because all day. So mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. And we do deal with a lot of very contentious situations, I guess you'd say, because trying to balance the rights of both sides and the needs of both sides out can be, it's, it's a bit like a high wire act sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> We're like the meat in between the sandwich. Um, yeah. <laughs> it really is. And I think the fact that, you know, we do, um, I think that she's really enjoying what she's doing because she is new to the industry as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think just being able to manage those people correctly and being that middle person and having, you know, favourable situations to both our landlords and our tenants and looking after both parties is really key to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. How, and you're saying that she's she's managing those relationships really well. How is she finding the demands that are being placed on her time-wise? I mean, I'm talking, you know, things like after-hours calls and those sorts of things. That it, what's, what, do you, oh, hang on, I see you shaking your head there. No, 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 you don't do after-hours calls? Um, you know what's quite funny is I actually have the office phone on my desk so mm. the, the direct office phone number comes to me most of the time um, obviously when I wasn't here recently I wasn't getting the direct call but um, no not at all the our office hours our office hours please don't answer the phone at 503 because you know you're going to be on there till 523 you know things like that and and if we set the expectations that we're answering a call or they're answering a call at six o'clock at night guess what time that customer is going to ring tomorrow six o'clock or maybe even they might yeah, stretch later. about 30 you know mm. so it's about setting the expectations and being within those guidelines. You know, we have um, some quite serious KPIs in the office. I'm not a hard taskmaster. I just want to make sure things are done with every I dotted and every T crossed. Um, systems, processes, procedures, checklists, all of that sort of stuff. So it's not that it's black and white, but it's just that there are steps to follow. And if you go outside those steps, then be prepared for things to change. And the clients will see that you're outside those guidelines and they'll take advantage of that. <coughs> so Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's something, again, that I I do reference a lot in my training. You know, you, you, your management fee only covers you for business hours. Okay, we'll break it down into commercial um, things. But also, you know, we, we've been caught up in this this whole thing with, and it's it's a, it's a, a, a relic from the sales uh, industry when when property management was considered to be, you know, the, the the poor cousin, or it was given to the the you know the the young girl in the corner or running the reception desk. It was never given priority. Now it is, but we were still expected until we met, started to set the expectations differently. We're still expected to be on on duty, on call, all hours of the day and night. We're not. You know, we're we're, we're property managers. Our income is tied to the management of the property and the management of the relationships. We're not salespeople where, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, you know, not be able to eat because we don't answer the phone call to a potential prospect at 8 o'clock at night. That's not us, you know. Mm-hmm. And we need, because of the amount of people we deal with and the situations that we find ourselves in, we need that break and we need to be able to define that break really well to our to our clients. As you said, manage the expectation from the, from the outset 
and you're going to find yourself in a far better situation. It sounds like you, you've certainly done that. What are the, what are some of the other things you've done within your office that sort of ease the burden on, on you as, as, as well as your team? So um, I've been fortunate to travel for the last three months and not be in the office. So I've had to really step it up with the team and make sure that they are appreciated, looked after, rewarded, incentivized. I was seeing doing my little general accounting. I would say, oh, there's a, a bill here for $15 something. Where's that for? And I'd say to the girls, where's this for? And they'd be like, oh, that's for coffees we got yesterday. And I'm like, sweet. It's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. You know, so without me knowing, I'm traveling the country and they're rewarding themselves because that's what we do. And that's the cool. team culture and the culture playbook that we have here um, mm-hmm. to be able to incentivize them. And they know that this is just as much their business as it is my business. You know, they're yep. a part of, we collaborate. All of our decisions are made jointly as a team, not just by me saying this is what's going on. Um, it's about input and all of those sort of things. So it's really important to have that. But we have the guidelines in terms of when they can actually have some time off and they need to have time off. Industry is known for burnout and for pressure and stress. But I think the properties that we take on here, we take on quality properties. I don't want We've got XYZ number. I want to know that we've got XYZ income coming in because we've got great properties over certain rental yields and things like that. So I think for us we're probably lucky um, because by picking and choosing our clients and our properties, we're probably not bringing on so much stress or risks or those sort of things. So Mm -hmm. in my eyes we're looking after really good quality properties for really good clients who understand and who want us to take 100% 100% ownership of managing their property rather than getting told what to do. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. that really adds to the fact that we don't have stress or anxiety or if we do, it's very, very minimal um, mm-hmm. and the girls are given every possible, you know, rope to try and pull themselves out of it straight away or we talk things through together and work through those issues together up front, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that, no, no, that, that, that makes a, a, a great deal of sense and it's a it's an incredibly sound business strategy where you, you're actually being selective about the, the quality of the property and the standard of the property that you you bring on. I wish there were more agencies and more property management companies that were doing exactly the same thing rather than just grabbing after everything to, so that they could walk around boasting they've got the biggest rent roll in town. That's, you know, not necessarily a, a, a good thing to be able to to boast, I think. I think we did bring on initially, yes, when you're starting up, yep, any, you've got another property, yep, come on in, come on in. You know, you'd bring them all in. But I think over time as you grew and developed and your rent roll um, got some sort of structure, you could then say, right, I don't really need this one because we're spending too much time on their particular property or whatever. So we could kind of, sh- you know, shuffle some back. We actually culled 39 properties between 2021 and 2022 um, because they didn't fit our mould anymore, wow. which is a lot of properties. <laughs> that, I'm just working that out. That's 20% of your rent roll. It was. I think it was 22% at the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's probably. But then again, if you think about it, that fits with the, the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. 100%, yeah. yeah. 20, 20% of your business, uh, your, 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 your rent roll is giving you 80% of your grief. So why are you hanging on to it? We didn't need to. And some of those clients had six properties. So... Yep, yep, we said you can't manage this one property of yours and they said, well, do you realise if you take that one property away, I'm taking the whole the whole mm-hmm. six and we're like, yeah, we realise that. Mm-hmm. See you later. Yep, business, yeah, business decision, exactly, yep. Yeah. The, the, so, the, the good of the team is worth more than the, the, the benefit of the income. That's why the team is still here. 
mm-hmm. you know, they're looked after and they're managing quality properties. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's that that's the hallmark, I think, of a of a really good healthy business. But it all starts that that starts at the top. And so you've got to say that that's that's attributable to to you and the way that you managed it. And you touched on something a minute ago that you and, and Doug have just been tripping around the northern part of of Australia, particularly Western Australia. I know I've seen all the photos. I think I went through each one of them. I think I liked just about every photo. And you, you, you've made a lot in your your social circle uh, very envious, and some in your business circle the same, because you, because you've stepped out of the business, well, not stepped out of it, but managed it remotely for three months. Yeah. The rest of us are looking at you and going, "How come she can do it and we haven't?" Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I could do it, to be honest. You know, you are so heavily involved in your business. <laughs> all the time every single day for long hours or whatever but I didn't think it was possible but I just needed to trust the team I know Erin was new but she had Hayley who's been with me for 95% of my business time owning a business so I just had to say this is what's happening and I got blown away actually because I'm probably made redundant now truly um, that I've come back which is fantastic because I'm now working on it hard <laughs> rate than working in it Hayley's actually going to America um, for three weeks very soon, so I did have to come back purely for her to leave the country. Um, so it's her fault that I'm back and we're still not away. Um, but truly, uh, to be able to work remotely across the country, we still had Zoom meetings, we were still in touch. You know, I still did new business. You can actually work remotely. You don't, yep. It doesn't have to be here and you need to go and physically see properties. In terms of new business, I was doing all the lead part of it and doing everything online or via Zoom meetings or FaceTimes or things like that. Uh, it was a bit sketchy with reception every now and then. I'd have to pull up to the top of a mountain um, and and stop for 15 minutes to do a FaceTime call for a new client, things like that. So it was quite amusing. And Did you have a background in place rather than just the the, no. the, 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 the the view of the water at Cable Beach or something like that? Or they knew they knew where you were, obviously. They knew where I were. I'm, I'm as honest as it can come. I literally said to them, I'm calling you from Perth. I'm standing on Cable Beach. You might see a camel go behind me in a minute or whatever. But they they didn't care. They just mm. got the fact that I needed some time away from my from my desk. Um, you know, we had some personal circumstances in 2021, which were uh, devastating. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I needed that time to kind of resolve. But it was just... I could do that new business, call them a bikini. They didn't really care. But I tried to put something on from the top up. But I still, I was in the bush or in front of a waterfall or whatever. But it happened and, and anyone, I, I honestly encourage anybody to go and do that. Yeah, if- I think, and, and, yeah, look, I, I, I'd agree with that. I think that, number one, we, we, we need to show that humanness of us, that human side, that we're not all sitting behind a desk all day, every day, being Mr or Ms Serious. Um, but it's also you know, that we, we need a break. I mean, you touched on it a minute ago. You had some circumstances with, with the loss of both your parents, unfortunately, which I think I think we all gathered around you for that. Thank you to everybody who did gather around me for that. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and some of those people will be downloading this. In fact, I reckon they'll be the, the, the first ones to download it. But you, know, you, you need that time and we all need that time away. We need that time to recharge, to decompress, to process whatever is going on in our lives. And you know, mostly, hopefully, not everyone's going to have the same circumstances presented as that to them that, that you did. 
but how how have you found that that breakaway has changed you? You know, I think people say to me, "You look so relaxed," and I kind of question myself as do I do I really look stressed when I'm at work? You know, because <laughs> I'm not stressed. But they were just really kind of like, "You guys just look like you're having the best time, and you were so chilled out." And and we were. I think it's really opened up to. Um, to look after you. So, yes, while you're at work, that's great. You're at work more often than you are at home, I feel, really, because the other hours at home you're having a sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So I just think if you can be yourself at work and be happy and love what you do, it, it's just going to kind of be easy. Isn't there a saying something along the lines of if you if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life or something like that? Yep, that's um, right. Mm-hmm. I, I just... I think it makes you realise that when you do lose family members, particularly like your parents that are pretty much, you know, your everything, mm-hmm. you need to think outside that and you need to think, well, here I am, I'm still in the world and I'm going to do the best by them. I need to reset and recalibrate myself to be able to come back in. So that's exactly what I had to go and do, just run away and just kind of chill out for a little minute um, and then be able to come back in. So I've come back in and I'm just loving it. I've only been back for a week, so it's probably not too long yet, but it's just um, to be able to walk back in and be able to just run exactly with everything how it was. The girls are just amazing. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to have them here. But I think that's really stressed the importance of wellness and well-being, really stressed the importance of looking after you first as your number one. Your job is number two. Um, yep. You know, Your family and yourself are what matters um, and then everything else should kind of mould and squish in around that, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. What's the saying uh, to, to go with that last one of yours is that you can't fill from an empty cup. So if your cup's not full or very close to it, you're not going to be any help to anyone else. Not at all. And um, I think I try and push that onto our team as well. Um, so we do some days, we, we're in a commercial space now um, in an office, but we do um, work from home days. We do wellness and wellbeing Wednesdays, workout Wednesdays, wear your gym gear, Um you know, all those sort of things. I'm actually, after Rise last week, they were talking about four-day working week and I've just been having a little chat to the team yesterday about how are we going to make this four-day working week thing work out, you know. So to give them... You realise you realize I'm going to have to edit that comment out, otherwise the, the, the entire audience is going to be going, oh, oh, really, four-day working? <laughs> I, know, I know, but it's really important for them to be able to be performing at their peak and at their mm. best. And if they're tired or stressed or or whatever, and it might not even be work-related, it might be that their little child had an argument with them this morning like my 12-year-old and they're just done for the day, you know. So I think this is really important for them to be able to have their own time and their own downtime. Like if the girls have an appointment, doctor's appointment or, you know, any appointment to do with their mental health or anything like that, you know what, don't even ask me. Just go to it and put it in the calendar. Because you need to have that time. They're not deducted their hours for going to a mental health appointment or, you know, things like that. We all need that extra time. Um, so I've just, yeah, after Rise, yeah. I've really been thinking about the four-day working week and genuinely how in 2024 we can play. Yeah. Would it be a four-working-day week or would it be four days working and then the other day is sort of a... Um, uh, an, an optional work you, you can you can work to the extent that you've got work to do or would it just be you, you work four days and have three days off what, what, and, okay. and I know it's really early to do this because we're still yeah you know, we're only in early September but what do you think yep. you 
Where do you think I'm, you're going to go with that? I think I want to do four long days per week. Well, and not so. I should, I should rephrase that. I don't necessarily want to go four long days per week. But what works, it's what works for them. You know, so I think, for example, um, since coming back this week, um, one of them's been here at 6.30 at night and I'm like, why are you still at your desk? But it's a lot easier for them to go from work to their um, child's after sport activity rather than go all the way home. And I said, well, let's make this work in with you rather than going 40 minutes home to come 20 minutes back. Maybe you can work till 6.30 that night. Maybe you can start at 8.30 till 6.30. There's two extra hours in that day. So if she does four working days, there's eight extra hours, so therefore she can drop a whole day entirely. And it's just to try and work out how that is going to work. So that particular girl might have her Wednesday as her working from home, oh, sorry, not working from home, not working at all day, full stop. So she would work long Monday, Tuesday, long Thursday, Friday. Myself, I'm, I would love to have Fridays off, um, you know, so I want to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And the other one we're looking at potentially having Monday, so she would have Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You know, so it just depends on how it works. But I think for whatever works for them, I'm happy with. It's not really about nine to five. It's about getting your work done in the time frame. You know, so if if they did go out to, like one of them went yesterday to a dentist appointment for their child and she was gone out for an hour and a half or something, she probably sat there and worked on her phone, but she might have said, I've just jumped back on at 6 o'clock to finish a couple of applications because I did have 40 minutes that I wasn't focused at the dentist today. You know, and that's Mm -hmm. fine by me. As long as she gets her work done, you know, they need downtime. So I think to be able to bring this four-day working week in and have three days... And mm-hmm. in particular, we're all mums here at the office. So um, <laughs> that can be a challenge in itself that you've got to get done kid duties and laundry and all of that sort of stuff. So to be able to do that on one of the days when that those children are at school rather than doing it on your Saturday and Sunday where they just want to go and play sport and hang out and go to the beach and spend mm-hmm. time, it gives them that day to do shopping and washing and appointments and all those sort of things. Um, so, yeah, I'm genuinely penciling down pretty much from yesterday how we're going to make this work for next year. Fantastic. It'll be interesting to see how that evolves. And I think, look, <clears throat> it, it, it comes down to everybody being on the on the one page with it. Yeah. I think really most people turn around and go, hell, yeah, I'd, I'd love another day off a week. I'd, I'd love to have a three-day weekend or whatever it is. Yeah. But it comes down to, as, as you said, them putting in the effort in the other four days to make mm-hmm. sure that nothing gets left behind because if, if, if it does start to fall away, and I had this in, in, a, in a former role where one of the one of the team when we went through a merger wanted to continue to work from home as she was doing before, and I said, look, I've got no problem with that just so long as the, 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 the work is is still completed. And there was there was never an issue around her work ethic at all, and it just, it just worked beautifully. And we were getting close to the time of doing something similar with a number of the other team members. Mm. I think it worked really well because they're not travelling as well. So, you know, unfortunately, the location for the office versus the, the team is a 40-minute drive or 30-minute yep. 30 drive. For me, it's a 10-minute drive, you know, just the way it is. But I think that they're losing so much time travelling in their car all day every day. So if they can just start work right at the start of it and not have to travel before it and all of that sort of stuff, you know, so I'm hoping yep. it works for them because that's going to give them more time mm-hmm. in their personal lives. Yep. Yep, and look, I, I agree. I think, 
and, and and we touched on this before in, in our you know, little catch up before we went went live to air. There's no requirement, and you've just demonstrated that for three months, you know, working remotely while you're trotting around, you know, <laughs> sort of making the rest of us feel very envious. Uh, I'll leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> but but you've just demonstrated there's no need for you to be locked in an office uh, all day every day. You the, the 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 idea of an office from a property management perspective is probably now a bit anachronistic yeah. because since here I was talking to a guy called Mark McDonald back in the in the in the late 90s and his office was was upstairs in in Turak Road in South Yarra they had almost no street presence wasn't I necessary think, I think the internet is just street presence and it has been for quite some time everything's there you know, you could send someone a link in, in 30 seconds and say, here's my information, here's my web book, here's all yep. our proposal. Everything can just be done at a click of a button and online wherever they want. The client doesn't have to come to you. They can do it in their own home and things like that. So I think yep. time probably changed. I don't think that everybody's adapted to that change and they probably should. I think, yeah, I think, well, I think they will. I think... I mean, there's, there's always there's this bell curve um, and I know a lot of people talk about that you've got when, when something new comes in, you've got people who rush to it first or they were, they were the, the, the early adopters and they would they would get to it. I think there's probably, I think somebody said there's around about 10% of people or 8% of people that are the real early adapters. They grab it straight away. And then the next group of people are the ones that look at what the early adapters have done and say that's a really good idea. And that's when you sort of get to that that peak of the bell curve and it starts to come off the other way and then you have the later adopters of it after they see that this is really a thing. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, we had this, I remember there was this thing that came in in the, in the 1990s um, that people rushed to in some cases. It was called, oh, that's, it was the internet. That's what it was, yeah. And people said, oh, that won't last, you know. They said, well, here we are now. Yeah. Basically, when you get to the bottom of that bell curve, which is what I think really what the pandemic was, People were forced to do it. They had no choice but to adapt to remote working and and, and being able to do all all their work outside of an office environment. Yeah. We've just got to be careful that, that that doesn't become too isolated because we're we're social creatures. Hundred percent. And, and working working remotely all the time can be as damaging to us as it can be beneficial in other ways. Yeah. So we've got to be really careful when we have a good mix. You need to work together in that space wherever you can. We actually had a trainee on during COVID. Her name was Becky. She was amazing, fresh out of school. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, when the work from home lockdowns happened, I made a stupid decision to send Becky home, which was the government legislation. But I really should have kept her at my place in the space that we were allowed, the size that we were allowed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, but following the rules that said send her home, I did. And, and she ended up leaving due to that. She was too isolated. She was a trainee. And mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, that was the rules, but I really should have figured out how to bend those rules to keep her on. But, yeah, yeah. Um, well, if, yeah, if, you can talk about that down here in Victoria. We couldn't do anything yeah. like that. We were told to go, <laughs> go, go home uh, and sit in the naughty corner. But anyway, that's that's, that's I'm not going to politicise it. But, yeah, yeah you're, it's, it's we, we've got, I think we've got an opportunity with with everything that's gone on, and I think we've harnessed it in a lot of cases. A lot of people have really grabbed it to reimagine what our working lives are like, not just in in our space in property management land, but society wide, um, where we don't need necessarily to be in these massive floor plates. I, I know people in in some of the the large corporations who are mates of mine who have said, 
half our team doesn't come into the office anymore. You know, this is these are these are one of them is in big six accountancy firm. He said, we don't see him in the office. We see him. We see him on a screen, just like you and I talking at the moment. I mean, you're in Central Coast, New South Wales. I'm I'm in Bayside, Melbourne, and we're having a conversation. We've been doing so for half an hour, and there's nothing's changed. I mean, mind you, I must admit, you you and I were having conversations by Zoom with a glass of wine most weeks <laughs> during those lockdowns. But then again, that's the way that we communicated then. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you need to pivot and adapt to certain situations and. Mm. That's exactly what happened um, during yeah. that time. So yeah, definitely. But you yeah, could do look, I, I, yeah, I, I, I see what you're doing now with the four day work week as yeah. being an extension of that. Yeah. Are you going to have the team in in an office environment for the full four days? Are you going to do a bit of a hybrid thing? Do you know? We're hybriding it. So we'll. Okay. Um, <laughs> With one of our girls that we spoke, we had a little team meeting with her yesterday, one-on-one with her yesterday, and um, we would probably look for her to do um, Monday, Tuesday in the office, Wednesday as her day off, Thursday work from home, Friday in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there will still be an element. Right now they're doing two days work from home per week. Mm-hmm. We're not going to change the number of days in the office. They still need to come in for three days. So, therefore, one of their work from home days will convert to the no day of work. Um, and they'll still keep one work from home day, so mm-hmm. uh, we 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 do need to see them here three days a week at some yeah. point. Um, those yeah. three days are not going to be the same three days though, because all there's only three of us, but all three of us are not going to have that one full day off being the no. same. You know, so we'll see each other two days per week in the office, mm-hmm. um, but yep. still have the ability to talk to each other the other two days of the week, technically. Yep, 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 and and that's that's a good thing. I mean, with all the 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 capacity that we've got now that we didn't have four years ago, or we no, I think we we had a lot of it, we just didn't use it. There's there's no real reason for us to you know to to be face to face. I mean, I, I remember yeah, you know, four years ago, if somebody had said, "I'll oh, let Zoom," I'd think they were talking about a car ad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's. But, but, yeah, that, well, yeah, but now there's the Zoom, there's Teams, there's Slack, there's all sorts of messaging platforms and all sorts of communications platforms that we can keep in touch with each other. I know companies that that I've consulted to that you know, they, they they've got a, a perpetual Zoom open, so yeah. they you know, they can see their, their their teams and the team can see them because it's a no, it's, it's it's a pretty poor substitute for for face to face communication, but it is still that capacity or that ability for them to be able to see each other and just bounce ideas around as you would in any normal office environment yeah we did that during covid had an open zoom session open every single day and if you wanted to jump in you jumped in because you needed to have that interaction or that communication with other people or run something by rather than picking up the phone and making that phone call we just had that running the whole time Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. worked really well i don't think we'd do that just by having the one day off and the one day working at home because we just all sit on the computer anyway and things like that and you email back and forth, you know. But um, I think if you've got the right tech stack and all of that sort of stuff in play, Mm. um, it's very, very, very manageable and a lot easier than I expected. Uh, Yeah, you're right. And and you you touched on it there too, that if if you've got the tech stack. Yeah. The, the life gets a lot easier, and this is this is the way we're overcoming and have overcome for the last couple of years. Not having the the the, the choices that we would normally have had with with staff members, because yeah. the industry's changed. We, we've lost a lot of people from the industry. You know, that technology has actually helped us get through because it's still 
really a people-intensive industry. We're, we're still focused very much on the on the day-to-day relationships. Yep. The tech does all the back-end stuff. It automates all our inquiries, does all our admin, whatever else it is, whether you're talking about an actual platform, whether you're talking about the use of VAs or something along those lines. That mm-hmm. takes all that admin side away and allows us to concentrate on the relationship between the clients. That's exactly what it is. You know, we're in mm-hmm. people management business, so um, we have so much technology that is a, a lot of it is automated. We have AI chatbots for repairs and maintenance, all those sort of things. So it, it's not that it's taking away the fact that you are um, personable or anything like that. It's just a tool to be able to help you automate as much as you can in the background mm-hmm. so that that gives you more time um, to be able to speak to those clients one-on-one and things yep. like that. You know, exactly. So exactly. You spend yeah, yeah. more time more time on the relationship than on the on, on the, the the physical management. Absolutely yeah. agree with you, Kelly. That's probably a really really good place for us to leave this. I am so very grateful for you for for coming on onto the show. Uh, I know you're only back by a week, so I can imagine that you've got a, just a little bit of pressure on you. But again, thank you so much. You join a, a long list of. Guess I am. I am deeply, deeply appreciative of their time and their insight to, to, for coming on. So, thank you again. I'm thanking you um, for having me on the show, and um, yeah, thank you for everybody that did support me over the little breakdown time. It wasn't quite breakdown, but you know. But no, um, very, very heartfelt. Thank you, and um, we love what we do, and we're in the people management business here. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Folks, that's that's all for another episode. Again, my guest, Kelly Seaton from the Net Rental Network in Central Coast, New South Wales. Thank you and see you on the next one. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and providing a total property care solution. Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties. And Agent Dynamics, the Australian market leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow and retain your property teams since 2014. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.